Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. Sarah, we've been talking all season about these glorious 1950s and 60s television show productions. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like I Love Lucy, Gilligan's Island, and whatnot. Yeah, and I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm catching up the audience. I'm oh, just, oh, right. Sorry. You're not the only one here, Sarah. <gasps> I knew it. They're watching. Pilot House is recorded in front of a live audience. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? And it, you know, we, we keep joking that we should do an entire episode talking about the opening songs of TV shows. Mm-hmm. And I, I think let's do it. Strangely, it sounds like you're trying to tell me that this episode is going to have a, let me take my glasses off, theme. <laughs> All right, welcome friends to our second ever scuttlebutt episode i believe yeah yeah that sounds right i think so um these are episodes where we're not talking about a particular show we pick a topic that is somehow television related and we just kind of ramble about it you know just have a chat so this week we're talking about the opening theme songs of tv shows i just want to say right up front i think the opening credits montages are going to become intertwined with this topic. Mm-hmm. So with your permission, some of that might also be discussed. I'll allow it, but watch yourself, counselor. All right. I think that, yeah, we are going to be talking about uh, introductions to shows in general, but the specific focus I want to be on the music. Yes, definitely. Yeah. The intro sequence that goes with it is definitely like, sometimes you cannot separate the two. They are Mm -hmm. made to go together. Or um, sometimes something is like, is this a theme song or is this just an intro? Like, does it even count as a theme song? That's something we might talk about a little bit with some of them. But for, yeah, with the focus on theme songs, it is certainly acceptable and even encouraged uh, or or only appropriate for the, uh, the intro sequences to play a part of this, our TED Talk. Pause for water sip. Pacing, pacing. Repeat the same words. Repeat the same words. Repeat the same words. Do not get paid. Do not get paid. Lol. No one gets paid. Anyway. <clears throat> Our deep and abiding hatred of TED Talks aside, <laughs> I know that we don't quite have a set structure for these scuttlebutts yet, but we're talking about TV themes Sarah, do you have a favorite one? Oh, gosh. Like, number one all time? Yeah. I was not prepared for this. I picked some of my favorites of certain types yeah. uh, to, to pre- have ready to talk about. But, uh, gosh, my favorite theme song of all time, period. You don't have to answer that. Yeah, I, no, I, 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 yeah, I don't have a canon answer to that. Okay. Right? Because I don't either, but I do have a top number one least favorite of all time. Oh, are we going to start negative? Well, I th- I think so because this 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 show epitomizes for me the era when TV shows stopped having theme songs. And I feel like the theme song is part of the show. It's like it eases you into the show. You know, the the, the classic example is 
It's time to put on makeup. It's time to light the lights. Oh. It's time to meet the Muppets on the Muppet, Muppet Show tonight. tonight. You bum, learn bum. so much about what's about to happen from that song, even yeah. without the visuals of all the, them getting dancing out and 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 performing together. It's yeah. like you get a tone, you get a vibe, you get a you get a, a sense of what's going to happen. Yeah. And there was this period from the late aughts through the mid teens where shows just didn't just didn't. Yeah. And the the number one offender, at least in my personal canon is ABC's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where they threw up the title card and there were like three bass notes and it went boom, 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 boom. But it wasn't even that. It, that What I just sang for you had more conviction than what they put <laughs> up on television. You know what, Strange? I'm going to tell you something. I watched every episode of at least the first two seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I have no memory of this. Yeah, that's how unmemoryable the theme song is. Yeah. Now... You could certainly ask, does a TV show need a theme song? I guess not. I'm, I'm not going to die on the hill of TV shows inherently need theme songs. Um, so I'm not going to take too much of a shit on a show just for not having one. But yeah, it bums me out. Yeah. The idea of like a period where shows stopped having theme songs. I like theme songs. And for, for me... A th- like I said a minute ago, it's about easing me into that world. I mean, I love all of the stars Trek and yes. TNG was the one that I would rush home from school to watch every day. And there's just something about that, that opening narration, Patrick Stewart's voice sort of, sort of setting up the world of TNG. Mm. And then when that fanfare kicks in, yeah. Sort of building, dun, 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 and then that bam, ba ba ba, ba ba ba. You're, it, by the time that finishes, you're ready. Even if you've had a, a oh, cold open, a teaser, yeah. or whatever. By the time that thing finishes, all of your memories of every episode that you've seen before have 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 filled you, and you're you're like, you're ready for it. And and granted, this this may sound a little ritualistic, but I think that's part of why. TV is a thing it's because you get to come back to that same place. You get to see those same characters. You get to yes. be in that same world. A really good theme song makes you feel like you're sliding into it. You're just like, yes, I am. I'm preparing. This is my uh, battle prep montage for sitting down and watching this show. Like yeah. It's getting you into the universe. You're going like, yes. I mean, the best theme songs are the ones you do not want to skip even when you're binging a show. Exactly. You just, you're like, you love it. I mean, there's there's theme songs I love that for reasons I, I'm not still going to skip. Songs I appreciate but wouldn't listen to every time. But I think, yeah, the best ones are the ones you just want to, you just want to be a part of it. It just gets you into it. Yeah. My roommate and I were just last night watching an episode of Jeeves and Wooster. Mm-hmm. And she was saying that she loves the theme music so much. And I kind of went, oh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty good. Some instrumental kind of jazz music, period yeah. appropriate. And I thought, oh, interesting. I, I, I don't think I ever thought about this music that much. And she's like, it just, when I hear it, it's like, yes, it's time for Jason Wooster. And I'm like, that is really the mark of a great of a great theme. Especially an instrumental theme that, like, there's no lyrics to connect you to what's going on. It's just vibing you into the <laughs> world of the show. Yeah, that for for me the the prime example of that particular type of theme song is definitely the Parks and Rec theme. For oh. that show, uh, that show was 
very much a comfort show for me during a difficult time in my life. And the, the, the way the opening credits works visually is they show shots of the characters looking over and noticing the camera and sort of smiling like they've just seen an old friend. Oh. As the sort of bum bum, bum bum, bum bum, bum bum, bum bum, theme song plays. That is plays. a really th- fun thing because like the, that show, I admit, I've, I've watched like one episode of that. Yeah. It's, it's the whole thing is it's uh, it's a mockumentary. It's a yeah. documentary style, right? So that is kind of a fun spin on the TV intro uh, setup that was so popular mm-hmm. in the 80s where the characters would be doing the thing a character would do and then look at the camera and be like, oh, <laughs> pose. Yeah. And then it would say, and Susie Sally as Jenny Winnie. <laughs> Well, I don't know where those words came from. Uh, but yeah, like, like just that, like, oh, hi, I kind of know I'm on a TV show, but only right now. Yeah. To, to do a spin on that, we're like, no, I actually do know I'm on TV for this concept. Yeah. That's brilliant. And part of that feeling, too, then settles you in. It's like, I'm here, and I'm here to see my friends. And my friends are here. I. They're I happy am, to see me. Yeah, exactly. I Aww. am not by <laughs> nature... <laughs> I am not by nature someone who's disposed to develop parasocial relationships with the media I consume. I, there's there's something, there's some sort of wall in me that sort of yeah. pushes against that. But the closest I've ever gotten, I think, was with Parks and Rec because of how that opening theme and the visuals and everything all worked together to just sort of make me feel like I was coming home Aww. to this little small town in Indiana. And yeah. it... It's such a small thing, but like that little 30 seconds of time is what established that world for me and made it feel very real. Even though, you know, it's just kind of a, it's, it's not a particularly memorable opening credits sequence by a lot of standards, but just for me, it sort of hit that sweet spot of welcome home. Yeah. Which I think is, is part of why I'm so like, how dare you when a TV show doesn't have that with something like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. That's, that's. Totally fair. I totally get that. And I'm amazed that it, I never thought of that comparison of like, that's that that kind of silly, cheesy thing of the characters looking at the screen and smiling is kind of like on, oh, hey, you're here. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're here. Like, welcome into the show. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Aww. That's, that's beautiful, strangely. That's really beautiful. You know, you got us into Star Trek for a minute there. And I was about to say like, oh, man, we could do an entire one of these just about the Star Trek themes. Yeah. Like, we could get serious. <laughs> it's it's really interesting if you look at the history of the six mainline Star Trek shows now. Mm-hmm. That each one sort of quotes from a, a previous show or sort of interacts with the themes of the previous shows in yeah. some way to sort of again get you into what's happening so you know there's sort of that the the opening dun 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 i mean mm-hmm. e- even the, the the current show discovery has a little bit of a uh a little bit of a version of that where they sort of start the feder you know the federation fanfare or whatever you want to yeah. call it happens and then it ends with a bomb 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 you know it's, it's like we're in star trek now your your feelings about the show may vary but in terms of what the music is telling you during those opening credits yeah it's a return to that that nostalgic feeling it's like we're back in this world yeah which is why i have no fucking clue what star trek enterprise was doing there oh god they just 
they they broke the code okay there was a code there was a thing that star trek shows did and enterprise was like but what if we went to other way with it it's like okay if you want to you know alienate the the fans so i mean even aside from that, like, just to, okay, but are you going to do something cool? Are you going to do something interesting? No, it's going to be pretty shitty. It'll just be different. Won't that be enough? No, no, it will not. It's been a long road. That's, I think, the biggest problem I have. I mean, initially, my reaction as a young person was like, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Getting from there to here. Star Trek themes do not have a lyrics. It's been a long time. And maybe I would be able to forgive it. And my time is finally here. If it was a good song. But it's not. I can see my dream come alive at last. I will touch the sky. You're making me no, angry. No, you're not gonna hold me down no more. No, you're not gonna change my mind. I hate that all of that yeah. is in me forever. Yeah, I absolutely have... That could have... You could have sung a different song. And I would have been like, sure, that sounds like the one. Something in that genre. Like... Mm-hmm. I have watched one episode of Enterprise and I went, okay, this is not for me. No more, thank you. Yeah. Uh, And I just went, wow, that was a terrible song. Uh, Now, if you love the Enterprise theme, God bless you. You can have that. (laughs) We're not saying you're a bad person. I think it's a bad song and I think it is not a Star Trek theme song. Although, not not to defend it, but... You made it. You you said something interesting a moment ago about Star Trek theme songs mm-hmm. with lyrics. Yeah, and well, <laughs> I was just wondering when it was going to be time yeah, to yeah. mention that. I feel like this is time. This might be the time. So some of you may have heard the story that actually the theme song to the original series has lyrics and not ooh 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 ooh. Yeah, actual yeah. Actual lyrics. Yeah, not just. Which is a lady, not a theremin. Also, a common misconception. Um, I believe in later seasons, they might have replaced the lady with another instrument or something. I'm sorry. My brain went the other way. Like, every time I see a theremin, I'm like, is that a lady? The lady's not a theremin. Uh, Okay, so here's the story. Uh, Gene Roddenberry, the Star Trek guy, he's working on a Star Trek original series. And it was a bit of a, of a struggle to get that show made. People were not convinced it was going to be popular. The, the, no one thought it was going to make any money. Uh, even as they were working on it and making it happen, Gene Roddenberry was like, ugh, I'm never going to get any money out of this. It's going to get canceled any second. Like, ugh, if we could just get a few of these episodes done and, and it, just enough to maybe they'll air some of them. Maybe, you know, yeah. he was not convinced he was going to make money off of this. Ha <laughs> uh, The theme song then instrumentally was written by Alexander Courage. And old Gene, crafty devil that he was, he realized that if he wrote some lyrics and submitted the music and lyrics together to the network and said, now this is the song. We're only going to use the instrumental part for the theme, but this is the song. He technically could call himself a co-writer on the song. And even though the lyrics were not used, which are the part he co-wrote he would get some of the royalties 
from the song every time it was played. Now, he did this without telling it, Mr. Courage. Mr. Courage was, by all reports, nonplussed. Because that was his money. It's not like they paid more money. They took some of the money that would have gone to Mr. Courage, and it went to Mr. Roddenberry. And Mr. Roddenberry, as we all know, uh, made plenty of money off of Star Trek over the years and didn't especially need that money. So, kind of a dick move. But also, since he knew the lyrics did not actually have to be good, they were never going to actually be performed, they are binoculars, if I may, with your I, permission. Uh, this is why I brought it up. Beyond the rim of the starlight, my love is wandering in starflight. I know the something through star-clustered reaches. Love, strange love, a star woman teaches. We get it, Jean. You're horny for space girls. I know his journey ends. When does it end, strangely? Never. His, wait for it, Star Trek will go on forever. And as he wanders his starry sea, remember, remember me. Yeah, those are the words. I, I memorized them more or less. I forgot a little bit in the middle. That version has been recorded since. And there's another version that was recorded by Nichelle Nichols that is like a disco version of the theme song and has whole different lyrics that are also bananculous. So that's the, <laughs> that's my story about the original theme. I'm sorry, I was just like having a religious experience over here. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm just really disappointed that of all the years I did... Uh, the uh, outdoor trek, the Star Trek in the Park shows we used to do in Seattle. Um, of all the years that I was in the band for that, and we performed the theme song, we never had the time to just get everybody into somebody's basement and record a version of it with the lyrics, mm -hmm. just to throw up on the internet for fun. Never made it happen. We were always too busy barreling our way into a show. But it would have been great. Maybe someday. One last thing about the Enterprise opening theme song. Oh, sure. Uh, is, well, actually two things really quick. First of all, apologies to anyone out there who has felt cheated that I didn't break into the chorus, that we didn't even get there. It's never going to happen. I'm sorry. <laughs> and second... I've heard enough. I can't remember if it was season three or season four, but the show actually ditched that theme song and they switched to just an instrumental, more kind of typical Star, Star Trek, Trek theme song. Not even an instrumental version of that song. Totally no, different theme? Different, different oh, theme. All right. Uh, which almost went the... It took something away because like... If you're going to be bonkers, commit yeah. to bonkers. And the, the, the song thematically works because the song is about like, it's my time to shine. I finally made it. I worked really hard and I'm here. Yeah. And the idea was Enterprise, of the Enterprise on the show is Earth's first deep space exploration Federation ship that's going out there. And okay. so it's like, finally, we get to go do this. You know, we, we invented warp drive and we're going to finally explore with warp drive. Yeah. It, 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 may, it, there, there's a certain amount of like, yay, we made it. That That is the intent of what they're doing. And then you take that song off of the visuals that they're showing in that opening theme. And it's just a bunch of like, 
me, 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 I'm great, I'm doing this thing. Well, it's just a bunch of historical exploration like footage of oh, like okay. sailing ships and and then like the uh, Pathfinder rover and like all these things. Oh, really? Up to leading up to oh, man. the Enterprise, but it it doesn't quite it doesn't quite scan why you're seeing all of this stuff. It's like oh, history of exploration leads up to this. Um, that's because I mean that's a choice, I guess. Yeah. So. So, but sometimes the, the, the visuals and the music work together so well to communicate a, a tone of what you're getting out of the show and set yeah. up the show really well. And for me, I think the, the best combo of visuals and music, and it's so good that it was copied years later by the show Fringe, uh, is the X-Files opening theme and montage so you get that very classic sort of electronic weird score yeah with the uh sort of yeah and that's overlaid over some weird visuals of like a hand with an extra finger and like a weird 3d face morph and uh and you also get to see uh molder and scully's fbi id badges mm-hmm. so it's like it, it just it's that it's that quintessence of you haven't ever watched this before but we're going to give you all the information you need to just kind of jump in these, these two are, are fbi agents they're supernatural stuff you do the math yeah yeah and i have this i have a soft spot in my heart for this theme song partially because of watching through episodes after episode with my family on vhs when i was a kid but also because my mom was really into it, which usually she's not into sci-fi or spooky things at all. But she like really got into X Files probably because Scully hmm. is such a such a uh, skeptic, and my oh, okay. mom doesn't really believe in a lot of supernatural stuff. So to have this like skeptic, my mom's like, "Yes, good. A voice of reason is around in this yeah. nonsense." But in my household growing up, whenever anything weird happened, if you're like, "I can't find my socks," it's like, "Where did they go? I, I don't know. Who moved them? Nobody." Whenever there was something like that happened, my mom would go, hmm. She would just hum the X-Files theme song at the drop of a hat whenever something we couldn't explain happened. I love I love imagining you being like, hey, does it, who moved my socks? I just set them down right here. Well, I didn't. I didn't either. And your mom just being like, it's a mystery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was exactly it. She I want like, to believe. Yeah. And she would just like, she would, she, oh, it would just be like. <laughs> I thought I closed the door. Well, the door was open. <gasps> do, 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 yeah. do. Who ate the last cookie? Uh, it wasn't me. <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> oh, that's great. You know what's funny is that whenever I hear the X-Files theme, mm-hmm. I know it is the X-Files theme. But if you asked me out of nowhere to hum yeah. it, I'd be like, <laughs> I, yeah. I, you, uh, my, you mentioned it, and my brain tried to offer it up to me, and it accidentally played me the Doctor Who theme, and I'm like, nope. There's a, there's a similarity of that, the do 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 do, yeah, kinda, and that like, do do do. I, I, I'm still kind of, even though you just yeah, said yeah. it several times, but it, it has a, it has a similar, like, there's a certain. Shit's about to get weird. Uh, yeah, there's a certain set Message. of intervals in music that we've, we've identified with kind of sci-fi weirdness, like all the way back to the Twilight Zone, where it's just like you kind of, mm-hmm. you hit certain intervals 
you know, I don't know if it's like a sixth diminished or something. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just like it hits the brain. And you go like, ah, weirdness is about to happen. Something is not quite right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I I believe you. I'm very bad at, at the math part of music, but I believe it. <laughs> One of my favorite things that will happen with TV show theme songs is where they have some fun with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mentioned a show that copied the X-Files opening a minute ago, the show Fringe. You know, that show? Uh, with, uh... Yes, I, I restrained myself from making the joke when you mentioned it earlier. <laughs> Uh, but but on the show Fringe, they have a they have a pretty iconic opening theme that shows you a bunch of sort of weird images to let you know that the show is about investigating weirdness mm-hmm. and all of the things are sort of pieces of Fringe science like uh, astral projection or extrasensory per, uh, perception or UFOs or things like that and they're kind of showing these images. So I heard extrasensory perception and I yeah. was like, I feel like another hundred years have passed. I feel like I just kind of sense it. Well, that's what you're having when you wake up after a five-minute nap on the couch, and you're like, what year is it? Do I have a great bushy beard? Uh, so Fringe has, like, it's sort of, it's established uh, opening theme. Mm-hmm. And then they would do this thing where they would change the music subtly and the color palette to a different color palette to indicate that the episode you were about to see was taking place in an alternate universe. Oh. Because they, they start doing some sort of universe hopping stuff. Yeah. But at one point, they do an entire episode that's a flashback that takes place in the 80s. And they made an entire 80s version of the theme. So oh. instead of being like, bum, 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 you know, it was sort of like orchestral. It's mm-hmm. like total 80s synth like oh beautiful and like all the computer graphics that are flying around are like really bad like 80s style like very polygony like you know like the kind of thing where you would see in escape from new york or something where it's just like so 80s such early sci-fi uh graphics and it's just it's amazing because you're like okay it's fringe but it immediately changes the tone to, like, it's Fringe 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And and having fun with a theme song like that for a show where they just, like, they'll change they'll change it up. That Fringe was the first show that I remember seeing that happen intentionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, more recently, St- Star Trek Discovery has done some episodes that take place in the, the mirror universe from Star Trek. And they have a Ugh. totally different opening theme for that oh. as well. An where, angrier version of the yeah, theme song. Yeah, an angrier version. And, an angrier, uh, sexier version of the theme. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a very horny, <laughs> horny, angry. Horny and warlike. Yeah, that's yeah. That's sort of what the mirror universe is. Yeah. Have you ever seen that list that's like from some music textbook or something? Uh-huh. It occasionally makes the rounds. It's like, this is what all of the different keys sound like. And they list all the different keys a song could be in. And it's assumed some of them are like gay and warlike. That's the one everyone always loves to, to reference. So like pastoral and gentle or something like that. It's like there's a bunch of different descriptions, of like two adjectives. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, horny and warlike. That's the mirror universe. Oh. Speaking of changing up the theme song through a show's history. Yeah. I... At one point in my life, really, really loved the show Weeds and watched it for years and years. I, I didn't stay with it through to its end. I think I watched the first three or four seasons. Yeah, I've never seen a single episode. So the first season has a cover of the song called Little Boxes. And I don't 
remember who wrote it or where it comes from originally, but it's this this kind of like folky tune uh, making fun of suburbia. So it's little boxes on the hillside, little boxes made of ticky tack, little boxes on the hillside, and they all look just the same. And it's paired with images of just kind of the sameness of suburbia. For starting with season two and going forward, Weeds had a different band cover little boxes for every single episode. Whoa. So there's like dang dozens of covers of little boxes. So and like that's like, cool. Well was, sorry, was that was that song known for like having cool natal drops? Uh I I don't think so. Okay, I was it just was, wondering. You know, some some shows are known for their use of a popular music more than others. Mm-hmm. I was like, that would make perfect sense if it was a show that was already really associated with popular music. But no, not 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 at all. Uh, but they just sort of had this this vibe where you got different tonal experiences with the theme song and if an episode was really aggressive and like exciting it might be more of a punk cover of the song okay or like more of a gentle episode gentle lead in um i remember that the uh death cab for cutie did a cover it was one of the covers so like that kind of gives you an idea of the era yeah uh but it was just like it was a really fun exciting thing that I would never skip the credits on that if I were if I were to rewatch it through because I'd be like oh man you got to hear it every, every time yeah and uh, if I ever was a showrunner, I would do that just as a like, fuck you to the skip intro button on <laughs> on uh, on All the streaming, streaming services. services. Yeah, because yeah. it I, I just I don't it's is it part of like a psychological thing when you're binging is like, oh, I'll save some time. It's like you're saving 45 seconds. No, What's no. going on here? I completely disagree with your assessment of the skip intro buttons function. Some shows have incredibly annoying intros. And when there is no skip intro button, I want to tear my hair out. Like, I've watched shows on DVD or on streaming services before the skip intro button became a mm-hmm. thing. And I got really, really good at knowing just how long to hit fast forward to skip the intro because it had an absolutely infuriatingly annoying intro. I... Yeah, I just can't You've think never of, run into that? I can't think of a show that I wanted to watch enough that I didn't like the intro. Okay, here's the thing. I just, I don't, I don't have that experience. This is a perfect segue into a, a phenomenon I wanted to talk about that perfect. is more intro related than it is theme song related. But okay. it's a phenomenon that drives me bonkers. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that's my favorite sort of, of shape of word today. But you get a theme song that is instrumental... And over the top of it, you either get dialogue from the show, quips and bits, or lines that seem to really sum up what the show's about, or even worse, a purpose-recorded intro by one of the actors. And sometimes it is so dumb, and you just hear the same thing over and over, and it... The two that come to mind, one that I made my peace with, and one that I will never forgive... The one I made my peace with eventually was Leverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, the intro... Was it the, we provide. Yeah. Leverage. Yeah. yeah. It's... Yeah. You get to... Um, he who should not be named because he ruined himself. Uh, saying uh, this bit about, you know, like, sometimes bad guys are the best good guys. We provide leverage. And 
they originally, I can't remember how, what order it went in. At some point they were using dialogue from the show. And then at some point they recorded him saying this bit. And it was so, it was bad. He just, he wasn't quite in character because it was recorded separately from mm. the show. And it was just the exact same words over and over. But I like that theme music. So I kind of forgave it. The one that I will never forgive is Numbers. This was a procedural from... 10-ish years ago. Is it the, the show that spells it Num 3 R? Yeah, Num 3 years. Num 3 years. It's about a genius mathematician whose brother is in the FBI and he ends up, he's the quirky specialist. Mm-hmm. It's that genre. Quirky right. specialist works or doesn't work well with the official police enforcement right. in some way. Your monks, your psychs, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so he was the, the mathematician and I really enjoyed that show. But the intro, I don't remember the music. It was forgettable. Apologies to whoever composed it. I'm sure it was nice in the moment. But over the top of it, you had David Krumholtz going, we all use math every day. And it was just sounded so goofy. It didn't sound like the character. It was, oh, it, it was fingernails on a chalkboard for me. So uh, the skip bu- uh, intro button would have been great if I'd had it when I was watching that show on DVD and having to just hit the fast forward button just the right length of time. <laughs> oh, I've purified myself by finally talking about it on a microphone. It's so fascinating because some of those, I can I can understand how that would be annoying. Yeah. Uh, and yet sometimes an, an intro song is key to setting up what you're about to watch sort of yeah. explaining the premise to you and and getting you set for for what's going on so yeah this season we just watched gilligan's island and that theme song just in my mind is the quintessential here's the here's the world yeah here's the characters here's everything you need to know and because of that theme song you could never you could know nothing about gilligan's island never seen it watch yeah. episode 100 yeah and be set, good to go. Yeah. Well, is is this an acceptable place to transition to generally talking about the grand tradition of expository theme songs? Yeah, that was... Uh, uh, That's that, what you were hoping for? The, All right. That was the uh, transition. Yeah, okay, perfect. Because that is possibly my favorite genre of theme song to think about and talk about and, and split apart. I don't want every show to have an expository theme song. I don't uniformly love expository theme songs, but I love the idea of them. And it's the, it's the topic that I like to nerd out about. Um, Gilligan's Island is possibly the most iconic, maybe? Um, I don't know. You know, I thought about looking up what was the first expository theme song. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was Gilligan's Island. It, I, I can't think off the top of my head of another one that is older. I mean, you have a few others from around that time period, but the Brady Bunch, I think, came after Gilligan's Island. My Mother the Car was produced concurrently with Gilligan's Island, and that also has an expository theme song, doesn't it? Oh my God, you're right. And the only reason I, I know that fact is that Jerry Van Dyke, friend of the pod, yeah. <laughs> passed up starring in Gilligan's Island. Yes. As uh, Gilligan. Gilligan in order to star in My Mother the Car. Yeah. And 
Yeah, that has the my mother the solid car. business move. Yeah. yeah, my mother the car. Do, 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 do. My mother the car. I think there are verses in between. Yeah, that talk. I can't remember it now. It's like I was looking for a car and it talked to me and it was my mom and she's dead, but that's okay. I don't know. My mother the car. <laughs> my mother the car. If I recall correctly, they played the entire theme song twice. Yeah, they played it at the top and then they also played it during a like. A montage where he's like driving around town in the mm-hmm. car. I'm pretty sure. Like, oh God, they were really, hey, we're paid for the song. We're going to yeah. play it. But it, it, the 60s did produce a good number of expository theme songs. There's yeah. also uh, the Flintstones, I believe, is 1960s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that, yeah, that definitely is an expository one. They're a modern the Stone Age family. They, they so are. I, I can't think of anything pre-1960s that had an expository theme song. I feel yeah. like I feel like they did have a certain amount of like, you know, it would be the the um sort of the like I, I'm picturing the I Love Lucy theme and then hearing a voice being like, It's the the Desi Arnaz show. You know, like yeah, that kind of yeah. voice voiceover thing. Yeah. Uh but yeah, in terms of expository theme songs. And that that it loops back around to that idea of sort of the ritual and settling you into it is yeah. like okay this is kind of a little refresher and yeah. like here's here's what's going on yeah and there's there's ones that describe kind of a vibe like the Adams family yeah it's just like uh, hold on to your pants these guys are gonna be weird yeah but it doesn't say there's a dad named Gomez and the mom is Morticia like it just says oh these guys are weird get ready and for the it. rest yeah. <laughs> It's like they are weird and they have a weird house. Like yeah. That's all you get. You don't get a whole setup because there isn't a story. Right. It's not like once upon a time there was a weird guy and he built a weird family or something like that. It's not It's not a true exposition. It's the Frankenstein family hour. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I guess that would be more monstersy. But like then you have literally, well, sit right back and you'll hear a tale mm-hmm. of what happened the lead led up to the show happening, you know. Yeah. Like, really, this is the setup songs are like the purest of the expository theme songs. And you've got your Gilligan's Island. You've got your Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Your Inspector Gadget. Does Inspector Gadget have an expository theme song? I, in my memory, it does. But there's also, there's a lot of visuals there. And like, a guy who, who says, go, go, Gadget, to make things come out of him is definitely established in that opening but isn't the theme just do 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 Inspector Gadget do 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 and then go Gadget go do 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 I think that's it. I think those are the only lyrics. Go Gadget go. Go Gadget go. Is there not more words after that? I just remember it going back into the that part. Those are the two segments, and it alternates between them. We could look it up, and there may have been like a later thing or something. but that's the one I remember from my childhood. But again, that's that pairing of audio and visual. Yeah. Where every, that it, the premise is very clearly explained yeah. in that opening thing. But you're right; yeah. it's not in the lyrics. The the, the premise can be sort of loosely uh, hinted at with the visuals. Yeah. But um, I mean, for example, uh, in Leverage, the theme song is instrumental. You get a little bit of the premise with the voiceover, and then as each of the characters comes up, it has their title you know hitter hacker grifter thief yeah mastermind so you get like these are who these people are you get that and that is a little bit expository but it's not in the music right although there is a theme song where it is in the music 
And it's a show about the person who lives in a pineapple under the sea. SpongeBob SquarePants? Yeah, absorbent and yellow and porous is he. Wow, I did not know that was the second line. I yeah. never got into that show, but I know the first line because the internet. I am I am just extremely online enough. If nautical nonsense be something you wish. Wow. Yeah. Drop to the deck and flop like a fish. We we really we we go away from premise, but at the same time, yeah. it's that thing where he is a sponge who lives in a pineapple under the sea. That is the premise. Yeah. And the rest of this is nonsense. That one is lightly expository. Yeah. We'll say that. Um, I, But I do want to take a very special moment to talk about my personal favorite of all of the expository theme songs in all of television that I have heard. And that is a little show called Clone High. Now, you may not be familiar with this because it only ran for one season in Canada. It was an American show. I think it aired two episodes on MTV and MTV went, meh. And Much Music, I think is the MTV equivalent in Canada, went, no, we'll take it. So the whole season only ever aired in Canada. Um, I think you can get a US DVD of it now, but I actually had to buy a Canadian DVD. My DVD of Clone High has all the text in English and French. Hey. But that song, because it was produced to be on MTV, is like, needle drop, needle drop, needle drop, needle drop. And it's all cool indie and punk bands from the time, mostly indie. You got like some uh, some Mates of State in there mm-hmm. and The Impossibles and cool stuff that I was listening to and was like, what? This on TV? Like, surely no. But the theme song of it, to fit with that, was written by a band. Mm-hmm. Um, the Abandoned Pools. I never got into their stuff. I never really sought out that much of the rest of their stuff, but it was written by a band and it is just a chef's kiss of explaining the premise of the song because it's a weird premise. And the premise is that way, way back in the 1980s, secret government employees dug up famous guys and ladies and made amusing genetic copies. Now those clones are sexy teens. They're going to make it if they try. <laughs> that it's, it's a high school of clones of famous people. And then having shenanigans. Like, it's so, it's such a silly premise. And I love that they were like, no, look, we're going to, we're going to set that up in the theme song. And then the, why they were created and for what purpose. And is there an end game? That's not important. (laughs) It's hardly ever even hinted at in the show. There is some sort of shadowy board of, uh, I think they actually call it a board of shadowy figures. Is that from something else? Uh, that, that occasionally reference that talks to the principal of the school or whatever, but it's like, why did they make a bunch of clones of famous people? It's not important. Anyway, it's like an entire town of just this school and the homes of all of the foster parents of these children. <laughs> so they can all have like normal homes right, and stuff, right? right? Uh, it's, it's a, it's a absolutely nonsense show and I love it dearly, but that theme song is great. I have talked about all the shows I want to talk about. Oh, really? Do do you have any other theme songs? Well, you've been steering this uh, ship for a little bit. Let me take over the pilot house for a moment. I really wanted to talk about some of the sort of genres Mm-hmm. of of theme song and it's so perfect to transition into this with the expository theme because that was a big thing i wanted to talk about i wanted to throw out uh my uh, clone high is my favorite second place animaniacs that's a good one 
especially because they have that like uh, one line at the end that would rotate. And they were like, I don't think they had one for every episode, but there were, you know, maybe 10 of them that kind of rotated. And that was delightful. Even though most of them were references I didn't get, no kids would get because kids don't know who Lon Chaney is. But uh, Pinky and the Brain, also same thing. Ooh, kind of an honorable mention as well for Powerpuff Girls, which not the song, but it's the intro with the narrative. And I feel like if I was binging Powerpuff Girls, I wouldn't necessarily skip the intro because it's fairly short, I think. And it's it's kind of fun, right? Yeah. Anyway, I wanted to just uh, knock out some uh, other honorable mentions. And Sim- similar era to Powerpuff Girls was Samurai Jack. Which Ooh. had that, gotta get back, got it. Because, you know, it's like he's lost in time mm-hmm. and he's trying to get back to his own time. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much just gotta get back and he's a samurai. That's all you really need to know for that show. Okay, sure. Uh, but, you know, it was like a, some hip hop artist did the theme and it it's cool. Okay. I think possibly also the, um, it's gotta be the biggest earworm of all expository themes that once it's in your head, it is gonna be there for a minute is the Fresh Prince theme song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like. I've never watched the show. Really? No. Oh, yeah. You didn't really grow up with TV. With with TV. I always forget. But I know a good portion of it just because I've heard that theme song before. I, I watched it quite a bit as a kid. And yeah, that is, that is an earworm. And it does a good job of setting up the situation while also setting up the vibe. You get kind of an idea of this while being a little bit heightened reality kind of silliness with the uh, with the cab driver and everything. And it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a fun one. Another type of theme I wanted to address is the existing pop song. Like best use of an existing pop song. Now we've seen examples that were maybe not so good. Uh, wait, was the Enterprise theme an existing song or was it written? I don't want to know. Fair enough. <laughs> Moving on. I, sometimes you don't know. Right. I, I think really the best ones, you assume it was written for the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, tons of people probably to this day don't know that the Golden Girls theme was an existing popular song. Which explains why it's suddenly talking about throwing a party and giving presents, which doesn't right. really have anything to do with the show. But it fits the show so well. If you listen to the original uh, version of it, which was recorded, I, I, if I'm remembering correctly by Andrew Gold who wrote it it does sound a bit different but like the production of it for the show is like they pick just the right part of it also uh honorable mention for the Gilmore Girls theme that show made me insane uh but the theme by Carol King is awesome it's it's from an existing song but they pick like just the right part of it and it suits the show really well and also Carol King had a bit part on the show which is fun uh, I think that there are times when using an existing song seems kind of like lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, ah, come on. You know, I do love the purpose written song. Yeah. That is the genre of TV theme song is a, is a thing for me. I am a big fan, but there are times when the pop song that is chosen is done so well that it, you just assume it was written for it. And like, I think, I think Golden Girls. Ooh, Golden Girls and Kilmore Girls. I didn't even think about that. What is it about G-words and girls? I think my favorite use of a needle drop theme song is the song Teardrop by Massive Attack that was used as the opening theme for House MD. Mmm. Uh, I watched a lot of that, but I don't remember 
the song. It's just it's just like a weird sort of slow build atmospheric. Sounds like Mass Attack. And the the version that is used for House never breaks into the vocal line from the Massive Attack song. So that's why it's probably not as recognizable. But they just really nailed. It's a it's a great combination of just sort of kind of spookyish medical visuals and sort of this medical mystery vibe that the show has with this slow building song is sort of gaining in intensity. Yeah. Uh, and that's one that for years I thought was just like some atmospheric music composed for the show. Yeah. That actually was a song by a, an artist. Wasn't, did they change theme songs on that show at some point? I've never watched anything after the first season of House MD because it was the same thing every single time. Yeah, I just got bored. I I, I know I had the same the same thing. Is the opening theme song for the Big Bang Theory, uh, They Might Be Giants, Needle Drop? Or am I just not know totally having a McDougal effect? I've tried very hard to forget any part of the Big Bang Theory that I watched. That wouldn't surprise me entirely. Yeah, like it wouldn't be super inappropriate. I mean, you know. TMBG's pretty nerdy. That show was geared at nerds. Big Bang the Theory least. theme song. Here are some details. Oh, wow. Uh, nope, I just looked it up. It is the Bare Naked Ladies. You know what? That makes more sense. <laughs> I feel like it'd be too cool for TMBG to be, yeah. to, for them to get that. Uh, not that the Bare Naked Ladies aren't cool. I like the Bare Naked Ladies, but. Um... But thematically, it seems more like a TMBG song. Just to, you know, it's just like, we're going to do the whole history of the universe in like a 30 second block. Yeah. Was it written for the show? That's the impression I have. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. It might, it may have been. I've already spent more time thinking about the Big Bang Theory in the last 30 seconds than I ever want to again. You brought it up. Okay. Moving on. Speaking of They Might Be Giants though, yeah. um, my niece and nephew, uh, for at least a little while, were very into the show, the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Like a current, you know, computer animated uh, Disney show, and the show is the kind that makes parents absolutely wild. Like it's very slow and very dumb. Yeah. But the theme song and occasional songs used within the show were written by They Might Be Giants. Oh wow! And the theme song is delightful. It's catchy, and I like it. It makes uh, watching that show with my niece and nephew slightly more tolerable because I get to hear this catchy little uh, They Might Be Giants tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all of the music in the show is by They Might Be Giants. I think they've at least used the They Might Be Giants tune like once or twice in the show. There's also some very bad music that's written just like, eh, kids like this junk type uh, yeah. approach. But yeah, the that is that is a good one. Um, I also wanted to uh, take a moment for... Uh, theme songs, uh, cartoon theme songs from our childhood, or I, we did not share our childhood, but similar, similar era, the 80s and 90s cartoon themes. Why am I talking about this so long? It's not important. Uh, honestly, there's a lot of good ones. Um, we talked in the Tailspin episode about the Disney afternoon having great theme songs, but like we cannot talk about TV theme songs for over an hour and not at least give a nod to DuckTales. The most catchy and enduring of all of the good themes that came out of the Disney Afternoon. Like, it's a meme. They reused the theme for the new show 
Because what were you going to do? It's not like you're going to top that theme. I, I totally believe you. I do not know that I have ever watched any DuckTales. You've heard the theme song, I guarantee it. I, I'm sure I have. I cannot bring it to mind. Really? No. DuckTales. Woo! You've never heard anyone reference that? Nope. There was a whole internet meme where this guy did an impression of Gandalf mm-hmm. reciting the lyrics to the DuckTales theme. DuckTales. Oh, woo-hoo. It was, it was a whole thing. All right. Well, anyway. I completely missed that boat. Life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. Something race cars, aeroplanes. It's a duck blur. That's not a thing. It's not important. It's catchy as hell. Might solve a mystery or rewrite history. Ducktales, woo. I can't believe that's that's not like, oh yeah, I've heard that. It's not sparking anything what? in me. I, I don't, I, I'm sorry. Right. I, at this point, I feel like I like my parents deprived me. Like Yeah. I, it wasn't my favorite show growing yeah. up. And looking back as an adult, I don't think it was the best show of my childhood. Or mm-hmm. even, maybe not even the best show of the Disney afternoon. But like that song is enduringly catchy and is for a very large portion of the millennial uh, community is a, a sweet spot of nostalgia, which they, they're doing a new show. I think it's still on the air. It started a few years ago where it was like total reimagining of, uh, of the DuckTales show. I think it was more or less the same premise, but they just re-recorded the theme song, like updated the, the mm-hmm. arrangement a little bit, but it's like, yes, wise choice. Even though this is a kid's show, you're going to get some millennials watching it for the nostalgia factor and because David Tennant voices Uncle Scrooge. And you like them apples. But yeah, I was like, when I heard they were going to use the theme song, I'm like, that's a wise choice. Not only because, you know, you're, you're bringing in the nostalgia and the millennials. Also, it's not like you're going to top it. Anyway, I wanted to, to have a mention for that. I expected you to be a part of this experience, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, I... I'm sorry that I've, I'm not. No, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> Before we wrap up, I did want to take a moment. We talked a lot about the Star Trek themes earlier, mm-hmm. um, but I wanted to take a little moment just to talk about uh, my personal favorite of the Star Trek themes. Now, I grew up watching TNG, and that theme has a very deep nostalgia for me, and I do love it. But it was kind of a reimagining an update of the TOS theme. It was, we're trekking through space having adventures, but it was the late 80s version of that instead of the 60s version of that, right? So then the next show to come out was Deep Space Nine. And that was the first Star Trek show that was not a spaceship trekking through space having adventures. It was a space station staying in one place and having adventures come to them. And I just love how the music reflects that. It's this very stoic sort of like grand, but more, um, it, it doesn't move. It's not as fast, it's slower. And you just have these beautiful shots revolving around the space station. And it so easily could have been kind of boring. I imagine them at the time being a little worried, like people are used to seeing a spaceship zooming through space, going pew, 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 and having adventures. And this is just like, look at this thing just sitting here. But the design for DS9 is so good. I still think that is a beautiful ship design. 
station design. And you're just kind of going around it. Mm-hmm. See, there's the wormhole opening in the background. And there's an asteroid. And there's just Deep Space Nine just being grand and beautiful. And just, it's here. And it's something. And I, I love that music so much for that reason. It's a it's a beautiful theme. Yeah. And it sonically, like, I had this album when I was in high school of all the to date Star Trek themes up to the end of uh, up to 2003. I think it was something like, you know, it was a 40th anniversary release. And so they had all of the the TV show opening themes and then the main theme suite from all of the films. Mm -hmm. And the the Deep Space Nine one, even though it is very much its own sort of spot on that roster, it still feels like it belongs. And like that is something that is really fantastic about all of those classic Trek themes is that they're very different and they communicate different things about what the show is going to be doing. and, And as you said, the speed that it's moving. But yeah the deep space nine theme still feels like a star trek theme and that's not just because of nostalgia it's like you you just put those four songs in a vacuum in a vacuum uh and uh they sound this there's no sound carrying in a vacuum you understand what i'm saying yeah uh they it fits and it that's a testament to that composition i think yeah it is it's a really beautiful piece and that is one thing i will never skip I'm currently watching through Deep Space Nine, and it's like the best part. Yeah. I see the skip intro button, and I'm like, first of all, how dare you? Get it on my face, you Philstein. My never skip intro. Oh, yeah. Is the Cheers opening theme song. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That is, I mean, that's one that, like, it kind of had a life of its own. I don't know if that one was an original, an existing song, or purpose written if it was my goodness it really sells the show yeah i mean yeah that's that is a perfect example of one that like is it i don't know i genuinely can't tell because it suits the show so well okay i i had to look it up because it it seems significant yeah because if it was an existing song it would have been a perfect example of that Mm -hmm. that thing it was not an existing song. It was written for the show. However, once the show proved successful, one of the writers of the show apparently went back in the studio, recorded a longer version, released it. It became a single. It, uh, you know, uh, uh, charted in the US yeah. and, and the UK on the pop charts. Like, I would have believed you if you'd told me, no, that was an existing song. It's such a perfect, like, encapsulation of the show that it was written for. Yeah. Yeah, no, that one's a good, and that does not mention the title of the show. That show could very well have been called The Place Where Everybody Knows Your Name. It would have been a very long, awkward title, but like, it would have summed up the vibe. I think it should have just been called Norm with an exclamation point. Yeah. So Sarah, as this is winding down, Mm -hmm. I cannot ever think about TV show themes without thinking about one of my favorite TV show themes of all time, which is actually a TV show theme... For a TV show that, to the best of my knowledge, doesn't exist. Oh, my favorite kind. Yeah. Uh, And it's a song called Black Market Queen of the Flag. Oh, you. (laughs) So. Strangely, this, this is the last thing on my list to talk about today. And you just, you teed me up. Ah. It's a podcast miracle, Sarah. It's like you know me. It's like you know me. 
let me let me tell y'all a little bit about black market queen unless you had more you wanted no, to say no you no no that I'm, was the tea i'm teeing you up okay i'm knocking it down all right so let me tell you a little bit about the song black market queen it is a song that i wrote and i was inspired to write this song which is just a little country song uh storytelling song about a girl who's uh, a bootlegger uh, uh her dad was like a con artist and anyway it's, it's just a little story song okay but I was inspired to write this song by a project which two podcasters that I'm uh, a fan of did on the internet that was called Stay Tuned Volume 1. Tragically, there has not been a volume two and at this point there may never be. It was created by Matt Gorley and James Bladen of the Super Ego podcast. Uh, James Bladen is a wonderful professional TV composer. He did the music from Bones. <laughs> I'm sure he's done other shows that are better, um, but he did, I mean, it's good music. For, for, he did a good job, even though I hate that show. <laughs> the reason I hate it and the reason I know he did it is that I watched a lot of it. Future Sarah here with a quick correction. James Bladen did not do the music for Bones. He did the music for Numbers, which you may recall earlier in this episode, I called Forgettable. The only thing that's forgettable is my memory, am I right? <laughs> I'm so sorry to James Bladen. Back to the episode. Anyway important thing is that the two of them got together to do a project based on their love of the purpose written TV theme song. And together, the two of them wrote a bunch of theme songs for TV shows that don't exist, that they made up from different genres, very different styles. And they managed to really nail the style of each one they were trying to go for. I mean, in terms of the writing, in terms of the production, which is so important for a thing like that. So they did some things like one of them is like a kid's action adventure show from the 70s. Stingray, sub-aquatic, technical, intergalactic, you know, it's it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's some kind of like cool submarine that does adventures, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, uh, so they did a bunch. Oh, man. The, my favorite one is kind of an 80s style theme song uh, for a show about a garden gnome who comes to life and the family whose garden he lives in. It's sort of like an Alf style or like small wonder, sort of like a normal family. And this crazy thing happens. And it's called Gnome Sweet Gnome. And Paul F. Tompkins sings the theme in the person of the garden gnome. Anyway, they did a whole bunch of these. They posted them on the internet and they said, hey, people of the internet, if any of you would like to take one of these and then create an intro sequence for it, we'll share it on our socials and stuff. And it's just, it was like kind of a group project with the internet. And several people did them. And some of them were very low budget, kind of like some guy and his kid running around and mm -hmm. shooting stuff with their phone. Uh, a, a, a whole production crew got together and made a short film for Gnome Sweet Gnome, which is amazing. It was pitch perfect. Something happens and the character looks at the camera. Oh, me, you know, yeah. it was that kind of thing. Amazing. One of them was written in the style of the Dukes of Hazard, And the song was for a show called The Badger and the Bell. And it was about two bootleggers who, you know, go on adventures, two unlikely uh, partners bootlegging together. And it was this cute little, you know, kind of 70s-ish country song. The badger and the bell are going down the line. Uh, and I 
I loved all the songs in, in this. I thought they were all amazing. I love the idea of writing songs for shows that don't exist. Honorable mention to Jonathan Colton's songs Monkey Shines, which is also a great uh, example of that genre. Um, but I wanted to be a part of it. And I even had a couple of ideas, but I am not a filmmaker. <laughs> and I couldn't get, I didn't know anyone else locally who was excited about this project. So I sat there wishing I could be a part of it. And I started thinking about a phenomenon that happened where a story song would get a movie or a television show created as a spinoff for it. Um, the, uh, the Night the Lights Went Out of Georgia is an example. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any others. <laughs> there were more than one. Oh, Harper Valley PTA got a TV show. Yep, yep. Okay. And I thought, what if I wrote a song that was the inspiration for the Badger and the Bell TV show. Now, I think probably normally they would use the inspiration song as the theme song for the show, probably. Right. But I thought I was delighted by the sort of presumptuousness of that way of participating in the project. <laughs> hey, I wrote something that inspired you, I am imagining. So I wrote a song called Black Market Queen uh, that tells the story just of the woman from the, the show and imagine that people went like, oh, we could make that a show, but uh, we need a guy so yeah. they can be a will they, won't they. And that's why the show became a little bit different. That's my head canon for it. So if you're interested in hearing it, it's on the internet, um, on my band camp and everything. But uh, you can also just Google Stay Tuned Volume 1 and I think you'll still be able to find all the songs and probably some of the videos as well. Well, Sarah, this is our podcast, and we could do a needle drop to end this podcast. And you have a radio voice that I adore. So I was thinking... Stop. (laughs) We could could say goodbye to everyone, and then you could do a sort of Evenings with Delilah-style intro for your (laughs) song, if you would indulge me. I don't know how our (sighs) listeners will feel about this, but this is just for me. Okay. All right. So on that note, take it away, Sarah. Hi, welcome to Warm 106.9. I'm Delilah. <laughs> I'd like to share a song with you tonight. It was requested by a listener named Sheila. Sheila's having a little bit of trouble with her husband, and, well, she thinks this song says it all, and I think it does too. I'm Delilah.
that what you're imagining? Strictly? That is exactly what I was imagining. <laughs> Did you know that Delilah was a character on the show Cedar Cove? That terrible Hallmark Channel show I was watching. She, yeah, she, but she no, would on never screen. say the call numbers, right? right? Yeah, she wasn't on screen. She played herself. She played Delilah, the DJ. Yeah. But they didn't want to reference an existing radio station. Apparently, they were too dumb to think of their own. So she'd just be like, a character would be in a room at the beginning of a scene, and they'd be listening to the radio, and it'd be like, the song just ended. And she'd be like, oh, the sort of thing that Delilah would say about relationships, which conveniently ties into this episode. I'm Delilah. And then it would just end. And it's so <laughs> awkward. It's like, you're you're taking us out of the reality of the situation by having to just say, I'm Delilah. Make up call numbers. Just make up a show. You're a show. Make things up. It's what you do. Thanks for listening to Pilot House. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pilot House Pod. Visit our website, pilothousepodcast.com, or email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com to suggest future topics. Please share this episode with a friend or rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us. Our podcast is entirely listener supported. So thanks to our special guest stars, Cynthia, Tina, Juniper, and Jerry. Visit patreon.com slash pilothouse to find out how you can become a series regular. Pilot House is a Herringbone Society production.